Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I assume you all saw the video this past week of the youth football coach in Savannah, Georgia, punching a little nine-year-old in the head, not once, but twice. The assault was, of course, caught on tape, and it is absolutely heart-wrenching and very disturbing. This incident comes right after our last two weeks of shows talking about coaches who verbally or physically abuse their players. Now, I want to talk about this incident, and I'll have some thoughts about this coach and what he did, and we'll get to that later on in the hour. And, of course, I'll want to take your calls on this matter as well. But first up this morning, we're going to talk about baseball. (laughs) Yes, that's right, baseball in the middle of December. Let me ask you directly, are, are, are you aware of what Major League Baseball is in the process of doing to reorganize the structure of the game? And no, not just at the professional level, but at the youth level. Have you heard of Commissioner Manfred's initiative, which he calls One Baseball? Well, if you haven't, I have to tell you, it is so far-reaching and so widespread in its approach that I wanted to spend a little time with you this morning to get your thoughts as to whether you think this is a really good idea or perhaps one that needs a little more work. Now, look, let's start with the premise that we we know that baseball is fraught with problems. I think we can all agree with that. We know, for example, that major league games are much, much too long. They're often much too boring. We know they have issues when it comes to coping with cheating. We know that the game is having difficulty in attracting younger, talented athletes to play the game, especially in attracting African-American kids. Baseball has become obsessed with its relentless focus on just hitting home runs or, strike, or you know, racking up a lot of strikeouts. No one, no one cares any more about speed in terms of stealing bases or bunting for hits or hit and runs. We know all that. Now, as a result of all this happening at the major league level, it all cascades down to the, the amateur and youth level as well. And that includes everything from little league, uh, high school, travel, club, college baseball. They've become affected as well. Practice sessions, as you well know, they're all long and boring too. Major league baseball this past summer because of the pandemic, well, they changed a lot of the rules 
We saw that. There were seven inning games. Uh, there was a DH in both leagues. The tie, the tie games would start with a runner on second base, and on and on. And I don't think we can assume that these rules that were in place for this past summer, don't assume they're going to go away in 2021. So with all of these major issues looking straight in the face of MLB, the commissioner with the owners, well, what they've been, what have been doing this, they're spending a lot of time on? Something called one baseball. Now, again, if you don't know about this, the time has come that you ought to sit and check it out and get do some research about it. Because this is an unprecedented attempt to put all of, not just baseball, but softball teams under the direction and command of Major League Baseball. It's extraordinarily far-reaching, and it's going to start in full measure this spring. Now, for starters, it was just announced recently that Major League Baseball is going to immediately eliminate 40 minor league teams. Now, mind you, there's, there were only 160 minor league teams to begin with. But the 40 teams who got cut, they're going to be replaced in some part by Woodbat summer league teams for college players. But those 40 teams are gone, particularly a lot of them in the New York Penn and the Appalachian League. So why would Major League Baseball do this? Well, they say they are concerned because some of the minor league ballpark facilities are not conducive to the development of players. In some cases, just to simply reduce the travel time between towns and, of course, to save money. As I mentioned, teams in the New York Penn League and the Appalachian League, which have been around for you know decades, well, they're being hit very, very hard in terms of not making the cut. For example, the Staten Island Yankees. They're gone. They were cut. Now, in addition from what I read, Major League Baseball also wants to limit every Major League team franchise to having only four minor league teams with a total limit of 150 players in each organization. They also want to continue to cut back on the number of kids who are drafted each spring. Now, it used to be 50 or 60 rounds of draftees, they want to cut it down to no more than 15 or 20. Now, this past year, it was only five rounds due to the pandemic, but they think that's, you know, that's more in keeping with where they want to go with this new, new, problem, the new program called One Baseball. What does all this mean? Well, it means, first of all, that there are going to be fewer and fewer opportunities for young ball players to get signed and to play pro ball. MLB thinks that using these summer wood bat leagues as a place you know, to show best prospects that they can play there and presumably be scouted. But I, I have to, I mean, again, that hasn't been explained to me fully yet. And, and the, the literature or the research they're putting forth is not really clear. But I will tell you this, there's only going to be a limited number of these summer wood bat leagues. And I assume that if your youngster doesn't make one of those summer league teams, I don't know where in the world that how he's going to be scouted. I just I don't think the scouts are going to pay any attention to all the traditional uh, summer leagues that kids have played in the past, and that could be anything from well, of course, the Cape League is kind of a an outlier because the Cape League has always been considered the premier league for summer baseball, but all the other leagues, ACBL, Coastal Plains leagues. You know, I, I I think they're going to be gone because Major League Baseball is going to set up and run their own summer uh, summer leagues. Anyway, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me give you a quick overview of one baseball. 
And this comes from uh, an account from Baseball America, which of course is a is a trade publication for all fans and who are who love baseball. They've been reporting this uh, over the last few years, and I'm going to quote here from Baseball America. Major League Baseball is committed to the idea that we're going to be more actively engaged with all parts of the baseball community at all levels. Our tagline for this effort is One Baseball, Rob Manfred said. We want one umbrella effort with Major League Baseball at the top of it, but involving college, high school, and various youth programs. Going forward, we have to attack the youth and amateur market in a single, unified, and coherent way. Okay, I'm not really quite sure why he feels this is a problem, but this is what, he, what he's saying. Moving on with the Baseball America uh, article. Over the past five years, MLB's efforts to build one baseball has largely been focused over the amateur arena. Uh, under MLB's direction, USA Baseball, which is significantly funded by Major League Baseball, has taken on a larger role as a guiding force in amateur amateur baseball. USA Baseball now provides significantly more coaching resources for amateur coaches and a spearheaded pitch smart directive to help protect young pitchers from overuse. Well, okay. Yes, USA Baseball and Pitch Smart, they've had a website and so on and so forth. But again, I'm not sure why, I mean, to, to applaud them as being uh, doing something that's new and creative and unique, I'm not sure that's, that's, that's fair. The RBI baseball program has continued to expand to help provide baseball opportunities to underserved populations in cities around the country. Um, I Again, I'm not aware of that being a big factor, at least around this area. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, if somebody knows more, please correct me. But I'm not aware that RBIs had a big, big push uh, with underserved uh, uh, kids in this area. Um, in addition, they are developing something called the Prospect Development Pipeline, which provides instruction and scouting events for top high school players. Again, I'm not aware of this being a big, big impact. And does this all this mean? Does this now mean this, this uh, Prospect Development Pipeline? Does that mean that all the travel team showcases will now go out of business? I mean, I guess they'll stay around and will survive, but only if Major League Baseball wants them to. Now, there is one idea I like a lot. Uh, something that has been poked, uh, kicked around for many years about basically moving the college baseball season uh, have a, uh, a later start time. That is, let's not start so much in February or March, but push it back to March through July. And that reason why? Well, because quite frankly, it allows college baseball programs, uh, especially those in the north, <laughs> like where we live, to get them out of the cold. I mean, I remember I, I told you many times in the show, I, I personally presented that idea to the American College Baseball Coaches Association back in the 1980s. It was voted down, but quite frankly, I think it's a really good idea. There's no reason to have the kids play baseball around here outside in February and March or uh, into early April. It's just too cold. It's not the same game. Moving on with one baseball. MLB is expected to create a showcase league for older college players as well, allowing rising seniors who are seen as draftable prospects to play in a league after their college season ends, in which they can showcase their, their talents uh, in advance of the MLB draft. Um, okay, that's a good idea too, I think. But again, I like to have more details. Um, it's basically to be set up as sort of a dream league uh, where basically, you know, kids who are still hoping to play pro ball but hadn't, were not drafted can get a shot to be looked one more time. Uh, okay, uh, but again, I'd like to get more detail about this before we move ahead. Um, in other words, 
One baseball is going to basically allow Major League Baseball to exert control or at least have significant influence over the direction of baseball at, at all levels. This is going to be a mammoth reorg. And I think everybody is very worried as to whether or not this is going to work. Will fans want to follow it? Will the players themselves feel motivated to stay involved? And will the game itself survive? And the question, of course, the basic question is why? If the system is working, and it seems to be working, and it's still unclear as to how this is all going to trickle down to, to travel and high school and club teams, how's this going to work? And don't forget, softball. MLB wants to control that as well, although that, does, that is less clear how they want to do that. Okay, one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I I just don't know about you, but I want to see what, what we think about this because this is happening. It's not like a, a a dream. It is happening. Let's start our conversation this morning with Ed Ward over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. This has got to be right where you live, pal. This is something. Are you aware of one baseball? Yes, I am. And first off, you know the game is changing when tomorrow night on MLB Network they're showing the top twenty backflip this year on a home run. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know why, Rick, to be honest, they're making all these goddamn changes. Okay? I really don't. And uh, the one thing I want to bring you're talking about pushing the college season back. I I think it's a good idea, but here's the problem. With the pandemic, everyone's lost money this year or whatever. Are are the colleges going to pay for the players to stay on campus in July? Ed, I thought about that, too. How does that work? How, how do you tell a college kid or tell a college that, well, you have to stay open and give this kid a place to live and to eat while even though class is over, uh, you know, and still play baseball? How does that work? I know. I, I don't I can't see that happen. But I got some I got some information from that about that uh, that league that you're talking about, you know, the, the dream the league? college players. Yes. Yeah. I, I've talked to a couple of major league scouts in, in, in the Jersey area. And what that is, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned, Rick, but they're pushing the draft back to July. Do you know that? Yes, that's also on the on, on the docket as well. Yeah, that that they're, they're going to push the draft back to July. And what the, what that basically is, that league is for like basically the top prospects they feel in the country. So they're all going to bring them in to play in this league for about a month, have the draft, draft the players, and, and I think by August first. And that they could be wrong, okay? They have to sign the players. If not, you know, well, the seniors would naturally would sign because they got they got no bargaining power. But the juniors could go back to college, and then they're supposed to play like the uh, uh, into into August, maybe early September. The rest of that league and all that. So that that's what they're doing with that with the scouting. And you know what? It's amazing. How, how are they going? They're cutting kids that want to get drafted, okay? You're talking about a Mike Piazza that got drafted in the 63rd round. A key turn in is that got drafted in the 37th round, wind up having great careers and all that. You know, it's amazing. It's it's like injustice, you know what I mean? You know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be creating more independent leagues, like Jack Smith and son played it. I have a nephew that's playing there right now in an independent league. That's what it's going to be. They're going to be all, they'll create more independent leagues. And it's a shame what they did, to what the Yankees did to the Trenton Thunder. Okay, yes, they're going to the Somerset Patriot Ballpark, which is beautiful. You know, you, how do you do that to an organization that, that mostly sold out all the time? Well, it, what, because maybe their weight rooms aren't, aren't I, Major League what they want? You, you know what? The Yankees have enough money unless they're going to use it for DJ LeMayu. You know, to build a new weight room for the Trent Sun <laughs> if they want that. Ed, I, I, I'm telling you, I figured you'd be calling in about this, and I'm glad you did because, yeah, all the, all the issues you just mentioned – 
Who's going to wrinkle? Who's going to smooth this out? Who's going to explain this? Who's going to pay for this? And I will tell you this: we know from experience that Major League Baseball, they they it's a ten billion dollar operation these days. And one of the reasons why they're so successful is because they don't normally pay for things out of their pocket. <laughs> they're going to go. Well, to here's the another thing you mentioned about the travel baseball. Okay, oh. I don't think it's going to hurt that. Rick, and I'll tell you why. Most of the travel baseball stuff, okay, is for the college coaches to recruit their players. Yes. Okay. And that, that 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 that's my feeling here. Yeah, MLB they'll they'll go to the perfect game events in Georgia or whatever to see who the top prospects are. But most travel events they're basically designed for the college coaches to to recruit for the following year or maybe get a head start on a player maybe two years down the road and all that. But the, I'm going to be honest. Being you are old school, Jack is probably old school. There's so many old school people. The way this game is going, and I'm being honest, it seems like they want to get rid of the old people. I mean, I've talked to some people about, you know, the double headers, cutting it, cutting it back. I don't like that. That that's a California rule. Start with the runner on second. Come on, you're making the game a joke. You really are. <laughs> well, and, and you know what, Rick? It's funny. I, I love listening to MLB now because those guys know what they're talking about. We are babying our pitchers so god darn much, and and they brought up a good. Ron Darling brought this up. That. This is why the game's taking long. We always got to go out to a mound, this and that, ba 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 ba. It, it's it's crazy. It's it, it's it's getting crazy. And you want to know what? I'm going to say this too. All of the arm injuries, the Tommy Johns and all that stuff. I'm going to say it, and I don't care if they're speed training guys or or strength conditioning guys on the air right now. You guys are ruining these guys' arms because you're telling these kids they got to throw the freaking ball through a wall when instead of making them be pitchers. Ed, let me let me stop you there because I got to take a break. But I hear you loud. Go ahead, and clear. Rick. Have th- a great day. Thank thank you. And I will just focus on one of the points that Ed made, and that is, yeah, you get the sense that they're trying to to reorganize, redesign the game, and they're trying to push all the old school guys. And admittedly, I'm an old school guy, but remember, baseball's been around for a good long time, and it has been the, the national pastime. And now it's being sort of redesigned at the major league level. Now we're talking about this giant restructuring of the game. How this is going to affect the, the youth level? There will be fewer fewer jobs in baseball if you're a player your kid has aspirations to play pro baseball well there's going to be you know 25 percent less opportunity because they're cutting back all these teams uh and i don't know if if you know as ed mentioned celebrating bat flips that the younger generation that's the way to go i don't know man i i just think this is kind of weird and you they run the risk of really alienating their solid fan base today of the older people who grew up you know, adoring baseball, and the young kids may not care about what's happening with baseball. All right, let me take a timeout. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Sports Radio one zero one nine FM, the fan WFAN. Right here on the Sports Edge. Right now, we're talking about uh, Major League Baseball's master plan called One Baseball to totally reorganize the structure of the game from uh, the youth level. Uh, right up to the uh, professional level, and uh, you know we're asking, you know why why are they doing this? Uh, did they do any surveys of fans about doing this, or of the players or coaches? I don't think so. Or if they did, nobody was aware of it. Uh, it wasn't well publicized. Now, do they have the right to do this reorg? Well, yes, they are the owners of the game, and as owners, they can do what they want. It's after all their money. 
But at the end of the day, are they not concerned about the impact of all this and what's going to happen on a sport that already has significant issues and troubles at the big league level? Uh, you know, they talk about uh, setting up the summer wood bat league uh, teams. Well, yeah, I mean, in certain areas, particularly areas which are very rural, uh, and that's the only game in town, those, some of those uh, summer league teams do quite well. But for most of the others, it is really, really a struggle. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience that uh, when I had a wood bat uh, summer league team in the ACBL a few years ago up in Stamford, Connecticut, at Cubetta Stadium, I mean, Stamford Robbins, uh, you know, I ran that with Mike D'Angelo. It was an endless struggle to get uh, top college players from all around the country to come play for us, uh, to find them not only a, you know, a place to live, but also to get them jobs to work during the day, getting fans at the ball, ballpark. It was very, very challenging. And I can tell you that uh, we used to go to Major League Baseball to see, uh, hey, would you give us a few bucks to help subsidize what we're doing here? Because quite, quite frankly, uh, a lot of our kids go on to do play pro ball. Some get to the big leagues. And yet uh, Major League Baseball is saying, well, we don't have that kind of resource to, to send you, you know, fifteen or $10,000 a year to help you out. So the only, the only league they send money to these days, from what I can tell, is to the Cape Cod League and maybe one or two others. But all the other summer league teams, no, you're out of luck. So it's curious as to what's going on here and why. Uh, let's let's uh, take some of your thoughts and comments about this because, as I said, I just want to know what others feel as well. Uh, let's go to um, Frank and King's Point. Good morning, Frank. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Love your show. Thank you. Rick, uh, in a lot of entities, you know, people always call for unification, uh, whether it be a sport, a job, uh, you name it. Uh it sounds like you're very much against uh, Major League Baseball unifying the sport. Um, I think this could only only help the sport. We have different rules, different equipment with the bat, different, a lot of different things in all these uh, splinter leagues, uh, if you will. I think this could be uh, a very good thing. And uh, as far as pushing the college baseball season back, Rick, uh, that might work up here. But I don't know if you ever played baseball down in Austin or down in Gainesville. Uh, it's no fun in August standing outside uh, in center field with 115-degree heat with that sun beating down on you. So, you know, if you want to start the baseball season uh, further along in the Northeast, that's fine. But down in the South, that's not going to work, Rick. <laughs> well, yeah, I have not only uh, I've exp- experienced both extremes, uh, obviously coaching uh, here in the, in the Northeast, uh, freezing my tail off in, in March and April. Uh, I didn't take my long johns off up until probably May. And, yes, I have uh, played ball down south uh, and, of course, been to Austin, Texas, and, and I broadcast baseball games for ESPN. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It is brutal, and it is, it is not uh, really uh, conducive to playing baseball. So there are extremes everywhere. But, Frank, i got to be honest with you. Uh, what you mentioned before about trying to unify and, and get through all the clutter, yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. And there, as I mentioned, some of these things might make a lot of sense. But the fact is, I should like to get a better sense of what they're trying to do and, and, and map all this out. Because right now, it just seems like, okay, the first thing we're going to do is get rid of all these minor league teams. We're going to basically uh, cut back the, the rounds in the draft. I, you know, why would they do that? Why is that the issue here? Is that the concern? I, I, that bothers me. Does not bother you as well? Well, as far as the draft, Rick, I mean, you know, the baseball draft is so much different than, say, the NFL draft, the NBA draft. I don't even think it's on TV. So it's, it's, 
gets a lot less publicity. And as far as like less teams involved in the draft, I mean, I don't know how many of these kids actually make it to the major leagues. Like, like you know, very, very, very slim. I, I mean, I, I mean, you play college baseball, and maybe you should try to, you know, if the draft is is less uh, for less people, it's not as many opportunities as you say. Well, you know what? Why don't you get that education? Stay in school and pursue something else. I agree, but and you said, and I agree also, that it's not the same as the NBA or the NFL. This is more steeped in, in basically a sort of Americana, and I guess what they're saying, in effect, is that we've enough of Americana because, as, uh, you know, as Ed had mentioned, there are a lot of, there's a lot of players, a lot of players who've had great, great major league careers who weren't drafted in the first 10, 15, 20 rounds, like, uh, you know, like Mike Piazza or Keith Hernandez and, and and literally hundreds and hundreds more. But those guys won't happen again. That just will not happen. I mean, the kid last year uh, who beat uh, Chapman with the home run, uh, Mike Brasso, he was an undrafted kid out of uh, Oakland University in Michigan. Scouts didn't think he was worth drafting, so he didn't get drafted. And ends up, you know, three years later, after he gets a chance to sign with Tampa, ends up uh, beating the Yankees in, in a major playoff game. That kind of stuff won't happen again. Uh, because this is not what Major League Baseball, they don't want to go in that direction. And it's, it's, again, I just wish there was more of a publicity push to tell us what they want to do. How, are they, how is this going to affect the summer leagues? Are you going to get rid of these teams? What are you going to do with uh, youth baseball? I just, you know, they're doing this and starting the spring, and they really haven't been so forthcoming as to what's happening. Frank, but I hear you, and I know, I, I've said, there's a lot of things here that may work. It may work very well, but we haven't seen them yet, and I'd like to get more. Let me move on to some other calls. Let me go to, uh, our, to Jack Smithland. Jack, uh, good morning. I know you have some thoughts about this as well. How are you, Rick? Good, and, Jack. Um, you know, th- th- this is so puzzling to me on so many different accounts. You know, good friend of mine, a guy named Pete Connell, um, and my son Zach, they text baseball all day long. And both are so confused with this whole thing and this Baseball One program. But, you know, thinking about, you know, Zach played in the Cape Cod League, and that got him signed by the St. Louis Cardinals and then with the Padres, and then, like like Ed said, he finished up his career with the New Jersey Jackals. And, you know, like you said, kids like that are not going to be, you know, the, the thing that questions me most is this new league that they're talking about, this new wooden bat prospect league like, like Ed spoke about. And, you know, and I've, I've been talking to a friend, Ani Ramos, about it. You know, the funny thing here is that what's going to happen to the Cape? Because if these are all the top prospects, you know, the Cape League was always considered the 200 elite. They're the best 200 players. Now, I know that doesn't always happen. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm, you know, I love my son more than anything. But to be one of the top 200 players in, in the United States, uh, that's, you know, that, that's kind of rare. But, you know, but he played in the Cape, and it did get him signed by the St. Louis Cardinals. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that that league is going to be diminished now. It I, really is. If all the top players are going to this new prospect league and for baseball one to take over softball. Listen, the way it's being done right now is very important because baseball cries, Major League Baseball cries about their money. But here they have all these different organizations and programs 
producing. Listen, when a kid comes to me for a lesson or goes to a, a, you know anybody for a lesson, that father and that kid have in their head that oh, I'm going to be a major league baseball you know player someday, and I tell them what their chances are of that. But you know what? They still drive and thrive for that particular day to happen, and it probably will never happen. So these type of programs that are going on right now are helping Major League Baseball because they're all with the idea of producing great baseball players. Why they're taking over softball? What is that going to do for baseball? What is that going <laughs> to? How is that going to help Major League Baseball? Jack, I, 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 I don't get it. I, I don't, don't get, get it. it either. And again, I've done some research. I haven't seen any information they put forth about how softball is going to be involved in this. Yeah. But your point is, how does how is any of this going to help Major League Baseball improve their image, improve the game, improve uh, in terms of people taking interest in this. I mean, I, I guarantee you at some point when this gets up and running, Major League Baseball, one baseball is going to go around to all these various uh, clinics, travel programs, youth programs, whatever, and say, well, if you want to be part of us, if you want to be endorsed by Major League Baseball, you're going to have to basically uh, adopt the various principles and rules that we have, and, and you have to understand that you have to be part of this situation. Otherwise, we're not going to give you our blessing. And don't be surprised. Gonna, don't be surprised that Major League Baseball says, and to do that, you have to pay us for your for your to, to be part of one baseball. That's exactly what I was. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And you know, you and I discussed it the other day. And here's something else. And I and I told you about a. Uh, a, a, a stat or a poll that I read about five years ago, and I look back at, you know, at my notes. It took me a while because I'm probably the most unorganized person in the world. But about five or six years ago, there were more players at the major league level playing from the 30th, 20th to the 30th round than there was from the first to fifth round. Now, like you talked about, and even Ed mentioned, Mike Piazza, these guys will never be found. No. They're done. They're, they're, they're they, gone. They, they, they ne- it'll never happen. That, that diamond in the rough is no longer around. They're gone. Well, so, you know, these kids are going to have to get themselves in front, just like they try to get themselves in front of college coaches. Now they're going to have to attempt to get themselves in front of professional scouts and coaches. It's so been... this is puzzling, and it's, it's, it's like I it's, lost my best friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's, it's going to be mind-boggling here, Jack, because, as I said, it, it's been a struggle to get kids in front of scouts over the last 10, 15 years as there have been cutbacks with scouts uh, in Major League Baseball. Um, and now there's going to be even fewer and fewer scouts because they're going to be assigned to just the, uh, these uh, elite uh, summer Wood League teams uh, exactly. or leagues to watch players. It's going to be impossible. I, I, don't know, I don't know what they're doing this for. I mean, it's just like, come well, on now. It's strange, but again, I want to I want to say one more thing before you get off, and, yeah. and then you and then you can finish, and I'll even hang up. But you've talked about, you know, getting some type of commissioner for youth baseball, and here's my idea, you know, because talking to my friend, that guy Pete, I was telling you about, yes, he says that your show is an amazing show, but there's no so many times that there are no solutions. What are the solutions, you know? And one of the things that I, that you've talked about, and I agree with you 150%, is that there should be a commissioner of youth baseball and youth sports. Let baseball, Major League Baseball, work with that commissioner. Instead of trying to take over youth baseball and sports, 
Let them work with that program. Let them work with that particular situation. And this is the last thing I want to say in this, about a topic that you're going to bring up later about that one coach. Yes. What bothers me the most about that whole thing is that not only did he hit the kid once, like you said, he walked away. Now, in my opinion, when he was walking away watching the video, I'm thinking he's probably saying to himself, what the heck did I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> But not only that, he turns around and goes back and hits the kid again, well, and the parents forgive him. Uh, well, let me let me <laughs> Put yeah, them I gotta away take, too. I got to stop Go you ahead. there, Jack, because obviously the, the, everything you said is is uh, is accurate. And like looking at that video, the the coach does hit the kid. The thing I took away was okay, he walks away, and no other coach comes in and intervenes to see if the kid is okay. Nobody goes to the coach and says, what is wrong with you? He then, 10, 15, 20 seconds pass, he goes back and hits the kid again. That's disturbing. All right, let me, let me take a time out. Jack, good to talk to you as always. When I come back, we'll get into this whole situation about what happened down in Savannah, Georgia. Stay with me. New York's fan, Sports Radio 101.9 FM, the fan, Hey, let me give you a, a quick uh, programming note. Uh, next Sunday morning, uh, we're going back to a 7.30 start instead of 7. Uh, another half hour of sleep for you all. Uh, again, that's next Sunday morning. We'll be on from 7.30 to 8.30. Uh, as always, I remind you to check out uh, my website at AskCoachWolf.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. Okay, before the break, we're talking about this. You all, by now, I'm sure many of you have seen the video. It's very disturbing of this youth football coach from Savannah, Georgia, who literally slugged a nine-year-old player not once but twice. Uh, and we talked the last few weeks about coaches who, who lose their way. Uh, with this coach, obviously, you just wonder, you know, what was he thinking? Why would he do something so horrible? Uh, you know, and again, this was, this was during a, a kid's tackle football game. Uh, he coach was immediately uh, fired from uh, the team and by the league. Um, and it turns out when uh, the word began to spread quickly, he also got fired from his regular day job as well. I guess he worked as some sort of counselor, which I find kind of ironic. Uh, thank goodness the kid wasn't, didn't seem to be seriously injured. Um, curiously, his mom decided not to file criminal charges against this coach. But um, the fact is uh, the local police in Savannah are going to file charges against this coach. Uh, he did send forth... In social media, kind of a weak apology, in my opinion. Uh, in effect, he says he should have never have done what he did in public. I mean, does that mean he should have waited till later and then hit the kid? I, I don't get it. But it was just terrible. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts and comments about this because it's just, unfortunately, these incidents still occur, and you just wonder what the heck is going on. Um, let's um, let's talk to Louis uh, out of Lindbrook. Hey, Coach, how are you this morning? Hey, Rick. Uh, I just want to thank you for for your work that you've done with young people and to protect them, especially bringing up this topic. Sure. Uh, I'm calling about the football coach who punched nine, a nine-year-old kid after the football game in Kissing Me, Florida. Yes, yes. How ironic, how ironic is it that a football coach in Kissing Me could show such hate to punch a nine-year-old kid? Where's the love in Kissing Me? There's no kissing, only punching. <laughs> Violence I... is out of control. In, in, in football. And as a matter of fact, last week, I don't know if you heard about this, a high school football player in Texas punched a referee and knocked him out to the turf. Uh, and uh, yes. that was a serious situation. I'm outraged. 
right now that no college coach, no NFL coach expressed outrage about a nine-year-old kid getting punched uh, with the, in the game. Well, well, that's uh, I'm a college coach. I'm yeah. horrified. I'm outraged about a kid getting hit by an adult coach, and nobody's helping him. Nobody even cares, it seems. Only you, Rick. I, I, what I, are we in society of animals? What's going on here? Lou, I have to tell you, it, it, it is kind of disturbing. It was so shocking and so disturbing that, uh, yeah, I, maybe maybe the the top college and and pro coaches figured, well, this this is just insanity, and obviously uh, this is just flat out wrong. Maybe that's why I didn't feel that they needed to add anything. But it did get a tremendous amount of pickup because, again, as we always talk about, coaches, everything you do is going to be on video. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got access to a video camera. They're going to be taping whatever you do. But again, the reactions of the coach, uh, as, as Jack Smith had mentioned, you know, he, he punches the kid, uh, and then the coach walks away for 10, 15 seconds. Uh, instead of thinking, like, what did I just do? I obviously just ruined this kid's life and my, my life as well. He then goes back and hits the kid again, and there's nobody running to the kid's defense. There's no parent running on the field. There's no, no coach, other coach, you know, grabbing this guy. It is so weird that, that it's almost like, well, this is how it's done. This is this is how this is how you coach kids. This is how you make your point, Lou. It is just bizarre. Violence, violence is unacceptable on any level in anything with young kids or anybody else. This is really this is really terrible. They don't realize what an awful thing this is. And for all the NFL coaches and the college football coaches not to say anything, that's even worse. Silence is deadly. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And, and uh, you know, you, you think that they might seize upon this moment to say, look, we don't in any way condone this kind of behavior. Uh, but again, I mean, we just, as I said, last two weeks, we talked about uh, Wichita State and their, their winningest basketball coach of all time and uh, how he had allegedly strangled an assistant coach and he punched a player as well. I'm thinking like, OK, so we're going to get rid of this guy but we're going to give him close to $8 million to leave. I mean, it's like, well, what about the, what he did to his players? I mean, how does this happen? It, it's just very, very disturbing. And somebody asked me the other day, like, well, what would you do if you were a parent? That, suppose that nine-year-old kid was your, your son. Now, we already know the mother of the kid decided she accepted the, the coach's apology and decided not to press charges. I don't understand that at all. I don't get that whatsoever. We don't know, obviously, the relationship between the, the coach and the kid and the parents and so on and so forth. But if that had happened to my kid, I think he, I would have literally had run down to the field and, and, and grabbed the coach by the lapels and, and basically, basically <laughs> you know, go at it. And I think most parents would feel the same way. We're, we're entrusting you to basically work and motivate and, and coach my youngster uh, in the best ways possible. That does not in any way include you being physically violent with them and punching them not once but twice. I mean, who knows what kind of psychological trauma this kid's going to go through or ever wants to, to go back and play sports again. It's just so, so, so. Yeah. And can you imagine how all the other kids, when they saw the coach punch him, how the other kids feel on his team? They must be scared to death. This is, this is a traumatic experience. I bet you for all those kids watching what that coach did to the to the nine year old football player. I, I I couldn't agree more, and I'm sure the parents uh, of the the other kids had to go home and say, "Well, this is this is wrong." Or they're looking for other other team for the kid to play on because you can't have this kind of situation. And you wonder how this coach got hired in the first place. It's just so. Oh, don't get me started. All right, let me let me get some other calls. Take care. 
Thanks for the call as usual. Let's go over to, uh, to Garden City. Mike has been waiting patiently. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Great call. Uh, great show this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. What do you got for me? Uh, quick thought on the football, but I want to go back to the baseball if we can. Sure. Um, on the football, I think the difference is, you know, when probably like you, when we grew up, we had the same football coach and the same team for years and years, and they were not parents, and now it's primarily parents, and parents just aren't, just don't have the experience to deal with these kind of uh, emotions that run, you know, especially with their own kids. It's just, um, you know, that's a big change, but um, and obviously what this guy did is unacceptable, but as a coach, I think 99% of coaches are still far from doing anything like he did. So I, I want to just, you know, I always want to celebrate people who volunteered and coach. Yeah, I agree with you. On, uh, I, I, you know, Mike, I would tell you that again, the vast majority of the parents who do volunteer, and these are not obviously people getting paid, uh, they do get it and they do understand. Again, this is a great, uh, a tremendous improvement from you know, 15, 20 years ago. But it's still a concern. There are those pockets of coaches out there who still don't get the big picture. And I do agree with you yep. that most professional coaches or, or college coaches, high school coaches, travel coaches, they do understand that there's a line that can't be crossed. You can get frustrated. You can get upset at a kid making a mistake in a game, but you don't ever cross that line. And this coach did. So talk about yep. baseball with me, Mike. So, what, what do you got for me on the baseball it, front? Interesting perspective on the one baseball. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was at a publishing company. We brought a, an idea to Little League at, uh, at Stephen Keener's office about a, mag, a new magazine for Little League that would get wide, uh, wide circulation and bring a lot of, try to bring a lot of youth back into the game. We're immediately told that that's handled by Major League Baseball. And as you can probably expect, we <laughs> didn't get very far at all in our pursuit at Major League Baseball to try to help Little League uh, bring some new media and some new, you know, some new coverage to that game. And uh, so that doesn't harbor, <laughs> that doesn't help uh, me feel like one baseball is going to be very successful from a, you know, bureaucratic standpoint at the very least. Well, and, as I said, and as a, yeah, my, go ahead, please. My my, my experience. With uh, Major League Baseball, as I said early on, they, they're more than happy to, to listen to you with new ideas and new concepts, whenever it might be. Uh, but at the end of the day, usually if, they, if you want to be part of Major League Baseball's franchise or be part of their organization um, as an outsider, they're going to probably ask you to, for um, some sort of uh, licensing fee that you're going to pay them to be part of their operation. Um, that's been their MO yep. for a long time. Um, and again, that the Major League Baseball is a $10 billion operation, uh, and a lot of corporations uh, will do just that. They'll pay the money because they feel they want to be part, they want to get the imprimatur, the, the blessing of MLB. And I think that's going to happen right down the line when it comes to, to youth programs and everything else as this one baseball gets underway. Oh, wow, that's a good thought to more and more revenue to Major League Baseball. What about as a coach of 14- and 15-year-old kids? What Should I be telling these kids to really be focusing on other sports, or is this an opportunity because more kids will drop out of the game? What's your perspective on what I'm telling the you know 8th and ninth graders who think about playing college ball and, and beyond? Mike, I, I, I thought about that as well, and I, I think at this juncture it's just too early to say, uh, and you certainly don't ever want to crush 
or, or, or dissuade a kid from pursuing their dreams of playing baseball. Baseball is still a wonderful game. It has obviously evolved over the years. Uh, and the question is going to be, how is this all going to be implemented through one baseball? How are they going to get to the lower levels of, of the youth level, the kids, and say, here's how this is all going to map out? Uh, it's still very vague, very hazy. Um, you know, it's not that, yes, we know that change is inevitable in sports as it is in life, but sometimes you want to get a better sense of what actually is going to take place. Uh, I, I, I don't know exactly, uh, nor have they done a good job of promoting or publicizing what they want to do, but they do know they're going to start, again, they've already announced they're going to get rid of 40 minor league teams. They're going to have some of this, the there's workings. We talked about this new summer wood bat league teams for college kids, but I don't know how that works for high school. I don't know how that works for travel teams. Are they going to now go to all the various uh, clinics uh, and say, okay, we're going to implement, uh, this is how the Major League Baseball wants you to play the game of baseball. Uh, an earlier caller mentioned about uh, the MLB Network has a new special about the uh, 20 best bat flips of the year. I mean, really? Is that Are we making this into sort of a sideshow now? I, mean, I don't understand. Unless they have great market research that shows the younger generation wants the game to go in a different direction when it's all about home runs and strikeouts. I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, Mike, I tell you, it, it's a hard one to call. I think right now you just keep going with your youngster, let them keep playing baseball, let them enjoy it. Simple as that. Mike, thank you for the call. Appreciate your comments. Uh, friends, again, I, I think I, I'm glad we had this conversation this morning about one baseball. Again, we're all waiting to see how they're going to, uh, you know, basically unveil this and basically explain to us all how it's going to go down, how it's going to affect at all levels, whether it's Little League, youth level, high school, college. We need more information and we want to know more about what this is going to do to the game itself. Uh, It's as simple as that. Uh, Okay, my thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Don't forget, next week, 7.30 start. We'll see you then right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.